Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. Praise God. Um, yeah, I have excitement in my spirit. Uh, if you ever watch a little baby, it's funny, all of our babies have done this, but when they get super excited, it's like they're like, <laughs> like they just can't contain it. They're so excited. Um, God's good. I love when we encounter him, and I love when we encounter his joy. Um, and his presence is fullness of joy, and so I just love that. So today's message is called Celebrating and Celebrating Progress. So Jesus, we just thank you, God, for who you are. Lord, we thank you that you're already here. We thank you for the joy that you've already downloaded, that you've already poured out. Lord, we're asking for more joy. We're asking for more revelation from you, just more of your presence. Come and saturate this place. Come and saturate our hearts, saturate our minds. Just open up um, every part of us, Lord, to receive the word that you have this morning, God. And we just thank you for it. We ask for your anointing to go forth and break every uh, yoke of bondage Lord, and we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just had a birthday, and it was a big one. <laughs> and I'm reminded, I, I keep thinking of um, Meg Ryan. Uh, there's a movie uh, and a clip of her saying, and I'm going to be 40. And he's like, when? And she's like, someday. <laughs> and I'm like, that day is here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But um, there's something... There's something vulnerable about people celebrating you sometimes. Does anyone else feel like that? Like, who loves it when people sing happy birthday to you at a restaurant and all the waiters are standing there, happy birthday. (laughs) Not a good celebration. But, uh, yeah, we went to Texas Roadhouse, and they made me sit on a saddle, and, like, all the waiters come around, the whole restaurant goes, yee-haw! You know, sometimes it just feels a little vulnerable when people celebrate you. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting, but that's what the Lord has been speaking to my heart, um, that he is a God of celebration. And that uh, what he actually spoke to my spirit is that I celebrate more than you all do. <laughs> and so he wants to get that in our hearts today, um, to, to make ourselves vulnerable to celebration, and particularly to make ourselves vulnerable to celebration when we still haven't got everything figured out, when our ducks are not all in a row yet, when we're still in the process, we're still in the progress, we're still on our journey, that's the time that we need to get, get good at celebrating. Okay? All right, God is a God of celebration. Look at all the biblical feasts and celebrations. Like, he, he mandated celebrations in the Old Testament. He's like, you will rejoice and you will celebrate and you have to do it. Amen? Okay, God celebrates more than we do. It says in Ecclesiastes 3.4 that there's a time to laugh and a time to dance. Okay, I know we, we're really good at the time to weep and the time to mourn. But are we good at a time to laugh and a time to dance? Do you, have, do you have seasons of laughing and dancing in your life? If not, what are you waiting for? What is it that we're waiting for to have a season of laughter, to have a season of joy, to have a season of dancing? What are we waiting for? Are we waiting for all the pieces to come together? Are we waiting for perfection? Are we waiting for that thing, whatever that thing is that we're running toward to happen before we allow a season of joy and laughter and dancing? The Bible even says, New Testament, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. And it's not a question. It's not like a suggestion. Hey, you should rejoice. It's a command. 
It's like rejoice in the Lord. When? Always. 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 And again, he says rejoice. All the festivals in the Jewish calendar are joyous occasions. Did you know that? God instituted mandatory parties. Mandatory. Commanded. Like, you better observe this party. (laughs) Amen? Okay? Why? Why does God feel so strongly about celebration? Because we're wired for it. Because that's what the kingdom is like. Fullness of joy in his presence. Amen? One third of the kingdom is joy. We need it. We need to celebrate. Amen? So we're going to talk about one of the festivals. It's called the Feast of Booths. It's also called the Feast of Tabernacles. It's also called Sukkah. (laughs) Sukkah. And it's spelled S-U-C-C-O-T-H. So it looks like Sukkoth. And basically, uh, a booth or a succoth or a sucka, however you want to say it, um, it's basically just a temporary shelter, and it's, you're supposed to keep it really flimsy. We actually did it for a homeschool project when we were studying the biblical feasts. But um, so you, you just sort of lean, you know, some, some pieces of wood together. It has a roof um, that has to have holes in it, um, and then you, you, you know, hang palm branches and stuff like that over it. And the whole point of this feast and this festival is to have seven days of celebrating, no work, rejoicing, eat, 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 <laughs> and celebrate the time that God was with his people in the wilderness for 40 years, okay? So, so that's what they're celebrating. And it's actually a really joyful, wonderful time. The whole community comes out. They'll have like a, a, a main street and there's booths all along it. And people have to sleep in these booths for seven days. And they're remembering that God was their protection. God was their provision. And uh, it's like they don't need to have this strong, sturdy, you know, house because God provides for them. And also so that they could see the cloud and they could see the pillar of fire at night. That was God's instruction. Okay. So feast of booths, Leviticus 23, 40 says, you shall take for yourselves on the first day, the first, the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees and boughs of leafy trees and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord, your God for seven days. Thou shalt rejoice before your God for seven days. Commanded joy. Okay. Would God command us to do something that we can't voluntarily step into? No. Okay? So that means that we have a choice at any given moment to choose into joy, to step into joy, because God even says, you have to rejoice before me for seven days. Okay? The first day, you can do no work. The days in between, you sleep in these booths, you socialize, you hang out, you party, you eat, 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 and the last day, you don't work again, and it's all to celebrate what God did, that he did it for them. Amen? Okay? So, it's a fun community festival. You invite your friends, everybody's eating, the children love it. It's like, it's called uh, our time of joy is what the Jewish people call it, um, Yeah, and they they sat around and they shared testimonies. They shared testimonies of God's faithfulness, what he's done in their lives, okay? Deuteronomy 16, 13 to 16 says, You shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days when you have gathered from your threshing floor and from your winepress, and you shall rejoice in your feast. Again, thou shalt rejoice (laughs) in your feast. Seven days you shall keep a sacred feast 
to the Lord your God. Okay? You shall rejoice, and this is sacred. You shall rejoice and party and have fun and eat food in community, and this is sacred. Do we need to redefine what we call sacred? Do we have a religious spirit when we think of the word sacred, that we think serious, that we think sad, somber, you know, man, like if you, if you really knew how angry God was all the time, man, you would not rejoice. <laughs> Amen? Commanded rejoicing. That's, that's God's heart, okay? The biggest commanded rejoicing celebration is a celebration of progress. It's a celebration that God was with people on the journey, and God says, celebrate this, remember this, remember that I am with you in the journey. God wants you to know that he's with you in the journey, and he wants you to celebrate in the journey. Amen? Not to wait until we get to a mountaintop, not to wait until we get to the promised land. No, we're going to celebrate in the journey, because he's with us then. His faithfulness is happening then. Amen? Amen. Celebrate what God has done. In the book of Ezra, uh, the people were finally rebuilding the temple that had been torn down. Um, As a coincidence, this happened to coincide with the Feast of Booths. Interesting. A time of rejoicing. Okay? Here's the context. The temple had been destroyed by the Babylonians 50 years earlier. They had enemies surrounding them that were not happy about the rebuilding, that were coming against them, trying to stop it from happening. And they didn't have a lot of resources to make it happen. When they began the huge project, the huge, like, over-decade-long project of rebuilding the temple. And here's what it says, Ezra 3, 10 to 11. Now, when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord according to the directions of King David of Israel. They sang, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his loving kindness is upon Israel forever. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Okay? They didn't wait for the entire temple to be finished. That took years and years and years and tons of persecution and tons of pains and back and forth and stuff like that. The laying of the foundation is when they threw the party. During Feast of Boots. Because God says celebrate during the process. Amen? You celebrate Feast of Boots. It doesn't matter what your life looks like at that moment. Because you have something to celebrate. Amen? It's his breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to him. He's always good. He's always faithful. Amen? So celebrating at the foundation, that's like you starting kindergarten and knowing that you're about to be persecuted all of your school years, and you're like, woohoo, I took my first class today. Let's celebrate. Amen? Do most of us think that we're going to celebrate at that moment? Okay? That's like embarking on a long road of inner healing. And you're like, man, it's, it's going to take a long time to get through this. And you're like, woohoo, I had my first counseling session. Let's throw a party. Let's praise the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Is that our natural response? Because it should be. 
That's, that's what the Lord is demonstrating to us. Amen? It's like starting a plan to tackle a mountain of debt and saying, praise God, I just paid my first payment. Let's have a party. <laughs> Amen? Celebrate the progress. Celebrate the one step forward. Have you guys ever seen What About Bob? Baby stepping down the hallway. <laughs> Celebrate every baby step. Amen? Praise God. Jesus celebrates every one of our baby steps. He's always excited for us. As parents, when, when I look at Evan, we put shoes on him today for the first time, and he was so mad because he walks pretty well now, but we put shoes on his feet. He took one step, and he's like, Wah! and he sat down. He's like, I am not moving in these things. What are you, crazy? I'm going to fall down, and he's already used to them, but, uh, but we celebrate like every step he took with those shoes. We're like, good job. It doesn't matter that he threw a fit. We're just like, oh, ha, ha, he's having a fit, but he's going to get it. Amen. That's how parents think of their children. Amen. Throw a party at the smallest progress. Amen. It's funny. I did a search for party in the scriptures and all of the resources that came up were like 20 scriptures that show you why Christians should never party. Why God is against partying. <laughs> like there was not a, a reference that pointed out like party in scripture in a positive way at all. And I understand it's like partying. Most people think of like craziness and, you know, over the top drinking and, you know, just getting silly wild and, you know, licentiousness or whatever. And um, that's what people think of when they think of party. But God invented parties. Like let's reclaim partying. God was like the first one to throw a party. He's the first one that says, hey, come celebrate this. You have to rejoice and have fun. Amen. Let's take it back. Let's redefine what partying is. So like, what does partying look like in the kingdom? It looks like fullness of joy. What does fullness of joy look like? That looks like something. Again, it's like I pictured the Nacho Libre clip that we showed. It's like, "Mm." (laughs) it's like, that's not fullness of joy. Like it's going to look bigger than that, you know, and I I realize there's different days and different seasons or whatever, but if we're never entering into wild, silly, crazy joy, then we not, might not be fully in that fullness of joy. It's like maximum joy is in his presence. Amen. Let's take back partying. Partying belonged to God first. Let's redefine it. Malachi 4.2 says, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings and you will go forth and frolic and skip about like well-fed calves. Have you ever seen well-fed calves frolicking and skipping about? There's nothing serious about it. (laughs) There's nothing somber. There's nothing reverent about it. Amen. They're frolicking and skipping and they're just happy and they don't have a care in the world. The son of righteousness has shined on all of us. He has healing in his wings for us. Frolic and skip around and have fun. Amen. That's the party we're invited to. Let's talk about King David in 2 Samuel 6, uh, verse 5. This was when they're bringing the ark back to Jerusalem. Okay, So they're bringing the ark, which represents the presence of God. The presence of God dwelt between the cherubim wings. It says, David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. They were celebrating with all of their might. 
with all of their might. I don't even know what that looks like. Like, I don't know that I've ever celebrated with all of my might. It would just be like, ah! you know what I mean? Like, I don't even understand what that looks like. But that's what they did before the presence of God in the Old Testament. Old Testament where it's like, oh man, you make a wrong move and you're zapped, you know. But they danced wildly. They celebrated with all of their might before the presence of God. That's King David who God calls the apple of my eye, the, the one after my own heart. Amen? David knows how to party. Amen? It says, wearing a linen ephod, in verse 14, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. Again, what does dancing with all your might look like? Like, I don't think I've ever been there. Like, I'm, I need to work on my dance. I've got to do the running man. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to dance with all of my might, but I sure want to try. Amen? Like in intercessory prayer, we run around just wild and we're waving flags and we're dancing and we're singing and someone might walk into that and think, oh my gosh, they're accomplishing nothing. (laughs) But that is reverent. Amen? That's, That's what a child of God looks like when they understand who their dad is. When they understand all that Jesus has done for them. The son of righteous, righteousness has risen upon them with healing in his wings, and we're going to frolic and play like calves because we don't have a care in the world because he's so good. Amen? While he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. Shouts. Bah! Jesus, Holy Ghost. <laughs> shouts. Have you ever heard a sad trumpet? Like, I don't think it's possible. Like, you hear trumpets, and it's always, like, bright and happy and, like, announcing something, you know? Okay? Uh, Verse 16, as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing, again, leaping and dancing, before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. When David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how, this is funny because this is such like a bitter wife, you know, uh, and it's a little sarcastic. How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would do. Verse 21, David said to Michael, it was before the Lord. He's like, hey, I was not dancing for slave girls. I was dancing before the Lord. He says, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. And watch this. He says, I will celebrate before the Lord. King David says, I will celebrate before the Lord. Basically, like, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you think this looks like. I don't care that you despise me for it. I will celebrate the Lord because he is worthy to be celebrated. Amen. And then he goes on to say in verse 22, I will become even more undignified than this. (laughs) Like, how you like me now? (laughs) It's about to get worse. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. So actually, it's an honorable thing to dance before the Lord with all your might, to party, to have fun, to go crazy. Amen? Verse 23, and Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. What does that mean? Having a heart to celebrate makes you fruitful. It makes you fruitful. 
If you never celebrate any bit of progress, man, it's a downer. It's like, ugh, like, you know, it, it gives you stamina when you celebrate. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Like, when you take time to celebrate progress, you're that much more motivated to take that next step. Amen? Amen. We're taking back partying today. <laughs> We're taking back celebration today. Amen? Let's put on the screens Luke 14, 15 to 23. Here's a parable that Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who threw a party. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is like a man who threw a party. When one of those who were reclining at the table with him, Jesus, heard this, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he, Jesus, said to him, A man was giving a big dinner. It also says feast, banquet, you know, whatever the translation. And he invited many. And at the dinner hour, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. Somebody say, Come, for everything is ready now. Say, everything is ready now. Mm -hmm. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. Some translations say, I've bought a field, you know, whatever. Um, Another one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to go try them out. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I have married a wife and for that reason I cannot come. Happy wife, happy life. (laughs) And the slave came back and reported this to his master. Then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the slave said, Master, what you commanded has been done and there is still room. Someone say, There's still room at the party. There's still room at the party. And the master said to the slave, go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. And then I believe, is there one more scripture? 24, 24. Uh, I, I have in mind, I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Those who were invited turned down the invitation. Okay? So... The kingdom of heaven is like a man who threw a party and was like, come and celebrate with me. And the people that were invited said, no, I'm too busy working. I'm too busy striving. I just bought a field. I need to go check it out. Guess what? I just started my ministry. I don't have time to party. I don't have time to celebrate. It just started. And what does he say? Come, it's ready now. I already made it ready for you. Come celebrate now. Amen? No, I can't go celebrate. I have oxen. I got to go work them out and try them out. What is that a picture of? Striving. No, I need to strive. I can't celebrate. What are you, crazy? It's not party time. It's strive time. And God is saying, come and celebrate with me. Come dine with me. Come party. Come enjoy yourself. Come and rest. Amen? It's not that there aren't times that we put our hands to do things, but when God says celebrate, celebrate, amen? And if we never celebrate, then we might not be listening for his voice, amen? I have a wife now. I just got married. Marriage is work. 
My marriage is not perfect. I cannot celebrate right now. Amen? (laughs) And he's saying, come celebrate. Why doesn't anyone want to party with me? Amen? So then he's like, hey, go get the poor and the crippled and the lame. Those Those that are poor in spirit, those that don't understand, those that are crippled in life, those that have huge problems and huge sin. And he's like, bring them in because I want someone to party with. Amen? Maybe they'll just come and celebrate. Maybe they'll just come and rest and quit trying to work. Amen? Because the party's ready now. Everything is ready. Everything Jesus did on the cross, it is finished. Amen. Amen. There's nothing we can strive to add to that. It's time to celebrate. Amen. Celebration is important to God. Again, back to Feast of Booths. The ordered, commanded, rejoicing celebration. In John 7, 1 to 24, Jesus celebrated the Feast of Booths. And at first, um, his, his brothers wanted him to come, and he said, no, wait, I'm going to go privately. He didn't want to make himself public. Why? Because people wanted him dead. So here's Jesus in the midst of massive persecution. Tons of people want him dead. By the way, this was immediately after his eat my flesh, drink my blood speech, and everybody ditched him. Okay, so all his disciples, most of his disciples left him and said, oh my gosh, this is too hard. I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. Obviously, they didn't have revelation of what Jesus was about to do at the cross. So he was left by all of his followers except for the 12. And even the 12, he's like, are you guys going to leave me too? And then he even knows that Judas is about to betray him. So in the midst of one of his close friends about to betray him, everyone's left him. Everyone's trying to kill him. He goes to rejoice. He goes to celebrate God. And guess what the command is? You shall rejoice. Did Jesus rejoice at the Feast of Booths? We know Jesus had perfect obedience, right? He rejoiced. He partied. He had fun. (laughs) Do you think he was sweating bullets? No. He enjoyed himself in the midst of being in the middle of, of process He was on his way to the cross, but he was in the middle. The victory hadn't been won yet, and he goes and he rejoices. Amen? Jesus is known as the friend of sinners. Um, In the story of Zacchaeus, you know how Zacchaeus uh, climbs the tree and uh, sees Jesus. He's a tax collector, and Jesus is like, you, I want to party with you. We're going to have a party at your house. Okay? That's when Jesus became known as, oh, he's a friend of sinners. And he's, he's hanging out with the tax collectors. He's throwing parties for prostitutes. What's wrong with this guy? Okay. But he's known as friend of sinners. Okay. People think of God as the eternally disappointed one. Eternally disappointed in his creation. Eternally disappointed in each and every one of us. He's shocked by how much of a mess we make of everything all the time. He's angry at every single one of our sins, known and unknown. He wants to rebuke us so that we will change our ways, and he threatens violence to scare the hell out of us. But when Jesus was face-to-face with sinners, what did he do? He threw a party. He threw a party. He was friends with the sinners. He made them feel loved. He made them feel valued. He celebrated who they were right where they were at. 
And because they felt loved, because they felt celebrated, they wanted to be near him. They wanted to come into his presence. They wanted to change their ways. It's his loving kindness that draws us to repentance. Amen? Jesus is a friend of sinners. He knows how to party. Amen? Mature people know how to celebrate. You never arrive. Amen? Can we all agree? We're always going to be in some level of process, some level of progress or a journey in our lives. In multiple different areas, we can be at different aspects of that journey. But we never arrive. Amen? Like, not one person is going to be like, oh, I am the perfect saint. <laughs> Jesus, come take me to heaven right now. I'm good, you know. It's like, no, there's this constant process of growing closer to him, of coming to know more and more of his truth, of deeper and deeper mind renewal and allowing him into all the places of our heart. So you're never going to arrive, so you'd better figure out how to celebrate now. Amen? Because if you don't celebrate now, you're never going to. It's never going to be good enough. You're never going to feel worthy of the celebration. You're going to think, no, I got to check out my ministry first. That's more important. I can't, I can't party with you, Jesus. I can't, you know, party and celebrate and rest. I have to work. No, I have to strive more. I have to earn more. I have to try harder to be better. Amen? I'm not perfect enough to celebrate. You're never going to be. The party is ready for you. He did it on the cross. Celebrate with him. Amen? People fear celebration. If I celebrate, it looks like everything's okay. It looks like I'm saying, okay, I'm good, right? When someone celebrates us, sometimes we try and excuse it away. And just like, no, well, they're just saying that because they're being nice. Amen? Sometimes we fear celebration. Hey, you've got a long way to go. Don't get too excited, mister. Right? Don't get too excited. Calm down. Calm down. That's your job as a Christian is to calm down. <laughs> Amen. No, you have a long road ahead, so you better celebrate and you better enter into joy because that's what gives you strength. That's what gives you stamina for the road ahead. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we're afraid to celebrate because we need to feel distinguished, just like Michael, the, the daughter of Saul. It's like, oh, look at how distinguished you are leaping and dancing like that before the Lord. It's like we want to be distinguished. Guess what? If you want to distinguish yourself from the world, enter into joy, enter into love, because this is a loveless, joyless place a lot of the time. Amen? That's how you distinguish yourself. The spirit of condemnation does not help ever, not even a little bit. It's like sometimes there's this little tiny lie somewhere, like way back here or in our gut somewhere that says, you know what, but it's good for people to feel a little bit bad, you know, because if people feel bad, then maybe they won't sin as much. And it's like, that's a total lie from the enemy. It is not helpful. It's not helpful, not even a tiny bit. Condemnation is not helpful. There is now, therefore, no condemnation. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. It is not helpful. The more condemned we feel, the more we're going to gravitate towards sin. It is not helpful at all. Sometimes we feel like, and even can be comforted by a spirit of religion. Man, if I just know these rules, and if I can just follow these rules and be okay, and not hear from God because he's scary, and let me just follow the rules. That's what religion looks like. 
It's not helpful, not even a little bit. It is a spirit that is from the devil. It's not helpful. Sometimes we can be comforted by that. But it's like, no, actually what obedience looks like in the New Testament is obedience to his voice. Not to a list of rules, not to what we think is okay. And so many times our cultural uh, status quo majorly affects what we think is okay or not okay. Amen? We can't be obedient to ourselves and our own judgments of what we think is okay or be obedient to a set of rules that we see. That's not relationship. That was never God's goal. His goal was always relationship, chasing after him, us having intimacy with him, the bride, the groom, the feast. Come party with me. Come dine with me. Hang out with me. Quit working for me and come celebrate with me. Amen? Get good at celebrating now. <laughs> Religion doesn't help. Condemnation doesn't help. Here's, here's a lie, and I'm just going to expose the lie. Celebration, laughter, frolicking, and joy is irreverent. Let's just laugh at that lie. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Celebration, laughter, frolicking, and joy is irreverent. <laughs> no. It's sacred and it's commanded. It's sacred and it's commanded. Frolic like well-fed calves. You know, David, when it says in, uh, in Samuel that he played before the presence of the Lord, um, played is not played as a musical instrument. Played literally means to play. He played before the presence of the Lord. When you look it up in the Hebrew, it has a connotation of laughter, of joking, of jesting. Outward, open laughter. He played before the presence of the Lord. And he was a man after God's own heart, the apple of God's eye. Amen? Celebration, laughter, frolicking, and joy is sacred and it's commanded. We need to start telling ourselves, I am worthy of love. And I am worthy now. Amen. I'm worthy of love. What happens is that we, we start to withhold love from ourselves because we don't feel like we're perfect enough yet for that love. We don't feel like we're good enough for that celebration. We don't feel like we're, we're ready to celebrate anything. It's like, no, I got a long way to go. Oh my gosh, if you just knew all this stuff that I haven't figured out. It's like, like we think that's going to help us to achieve a goal. It doesn't. If I withhold love from my children, are they going to prosper? Am I going to withhold love from them and be like, get better and I'll love you when you're better? Does that help them? Not a, not a tiny bit. Is that helpful when we do that to ourselves? Because what happens is that we erect this shield in our heart, and it's like love just bounces off. So it doesn't matter. My husband could chuck love at me, just start chucking love. Bing, 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 bing. Nope, not yet. I'm not ready for that. Nope, you don't, you don't understand. If you knew all the stuff I didn't have figured out, you wouldn't be chucking that love anyway. So I'm just going to hold this shield up. That's what it looks like when we withhold love from ourselves, when we withhold joy from ourselves, we withhold celebration from ourselves. God says, enter into joy. You can choose into it. It's a matter of, of uh, taking down a defense. It's not this like, I'm going to work something up. It's actually like, I'm actually going to stop erecting this shield right now, and I'm going to make myself vulnerable. Amen? I'm going to take down the cool wall. <laughs> the things that we sacrifice for cool, you know? Amen? 
What you celebrate grows. Turn your neighbor and say, what you celebrate grows. That's true in leadership with people that you're leading. It's true in relationship. It's true with children, and it's true with yourself. What you celebrate grows, so celebrate progress, because it will mean more progress. Amen? Can I just tell you that God is not disappointed in you? God is not disappointed in It's like I hear it, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> no, that can't be true. You don't understand how bad I am. Right, take down the shield and receive it. God is not disappointed in you. He is not disappointed in you. When you come into his presence, you never, ever have to overcome disappointment in his heart before you can fellowship with him. He's not like a human. He is not passive-aggressive toward you. Well, I'm glad to finally see you. Man, it's been a while since your last prayer time with me. What's your name again? <laughs> That's not God. That's not who he is. He's not disappointed. He's like, come party with me. How come no one wants to party with me? Accept the invitation. Quit working. Just come celebrate. Come sit by me. Amen? He stands at the door knocking. And he says, if you open, I will come in and I'll dine with you. He doesn't say, man, I stood at that door waiting for a long time before you opened it. Amen? No, he doesn't operate like that. He's not a human. The prodigal son, the father waited for him. The second the son showed up, he didn't apologize. He didn't do anything different. He was just back and in the presence of his father. And the father runs to him and says, let's throw a party. Let's celebrate the progress. He's back. He didn't even hear an explanation. He didn't even say, well, son, you better not do that again. I'm going to withhold the celebration because you need to learn your lesson. No, he's like, yes, let's party. Progress, it's awesome. Amen? That's the reckless love of God. It's reckless. He is not disappointed in you. Amen? At any given moment, you enter right into his presence, and he's like, welcome home. Amen? He runs to his son. He celebrates him. Is this the face of a disappointed God? Not at all. So celebrate progress. Celebrate what God has done in your life. Tell the testimonies. Just like the Feast of Booths, you know, tell the testimonies. We, we start every meeting that we have here with testimonies. And it's, I'm like, tell the same ones over again if we don't have a new one. <laughs> like, let's just hear the testimonies. Let's talk about God's faithfulness. What has he done before we, before we jump into what we want him to do? Amen. Celebrate. Celebrate the progress. Don't wait to celebrate. You know, when you look backwards at your life, you tend to see how far you've come if you take the time to reflect. Amen. It's like sometimes we're so pushing forward to that next goal or that next thing that we're trying to conquer. It's like we forget where we came from. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm, I'm a massively different person than I was five years ago, even three years ago. Amen. When you look back, you can just be so thankful and celebrate. Celebrate that progress. Amen. You're in the good old days right now. You're in the good old days. 
You know how like we romanticize the good old days like after they're done? It's like, man, you know, that time, remember, remember when the church was so tiny and there was just a few of us and we were just this little family? Those were the good old days, man. Now we've got all kinds of crazy stuff and people everywhere and it's hard to keep up with everybody, you know? It's like, no, we're in the good, let's enjoy the good old days. Let's enjoy these times, amen? <laughs> I think of the quote, it's, it's like a meme or whatever, but it's like, it kind of applies in both ways. It's like, I wish I looked as old as I did when I first thought that I looked old. <laughs> Celebrate the good old days now. They're good old days. It's funny, Danny's uh, grandfather was saying, you know, he was uh, 90... When he was 96 when he passed away, and we had a conversation. He's like, man, I don't have the youthful energy I did when I was 80. <laughs> it's like, enjoy your good old days. You're in them now. Amen. Celebrate now. Enjoy them now. Okay? Tell testimonies all the time. Be a testimony junkie, as Levi says. Um, when we pray for healing, we celebrate any change. Even if it's just like, hey, I just feel a little tickle. Yes! Throw a party! <laughs> Amen! Something's different! That's awesome! And then as you celebrate, it grows. Amen? As we operate in that thankfulness, just watch God just like operate in more and more healing and open that up. Amen? Amen. Celebrate any level of progress. Celebrate people. Celebrate their progress. It's so important. It really does help. What you celebrate grows. Somebody say again, what you celebrate grows. Yes, don't be afraid to celebrate somebody because they're not perfect yet. That's religion, okay? Celebrate progress no matter how teeny the baby step. Yes, good job, that's awesome. Amen? Celebrate your spouse. Celebrate the good things. Look for the good things. Look for the testimonies. Start everything with testimonies. What's the good thing? Rehearse old things. Remember that time when, you know, I was 22? <laughs> and you just, like, rehearse that. Amen? Testimonies. Okay? Celebrate your children. Celebrate the good things. Celebrate the people that you meet. Celebrate them. Love them. Don't be so bent on trying to change them. You know, with, like, evangelism and stuff like that. Jesus' model of evangelism was to go and love people, to welcome them into his atmosphere of joy and, and knowing who he was and complete love. And in that atmosphere, they wanted to change. Amen? Sometimes when you have a goal, you're going to change somebody. I'm going to fix you. I know what your problem is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix you because you need fixing. <laughs> How does that feel? It doesn't feel good, right? People can feel that. Amen? You celebrate who they are. Celebrate something awesome about them. Have that encouragement atmosphere about you and just watch what Jesus does with that. Amen? Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> Amen? God is good. Um, I love that we had, it's so funny, God confirms his word because we had so much joy and laughter and just fun and, and just praising him and stuff. It's amazing. Um, God is so good. So, yeah, I'm just going to pray for you. So, Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for who you are, God. We thank you, Jesus, that you are a God of joy. You're a God of celebration. You're a God of partying. And, Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are not disappointed in us. 
You are not disappointed in us. And we don't have to wait a time period before we can come into your presence. We don't have to come into your presence with our tail tucked between our legs. We don't have to come into your presence feeling terrible about ourselves because it's been so long or whatever. But we just enter in and you're like, yes, somebody came to my party. Someone accepted the invitation. So, Lord, we just say yes to your invitation to lay down our striving, to lay down even busyness in ministry, to lay down the things that we think that we need, to take up your yoke that is easy and light, full of joy. And we just thank you so much for it, God. We ask that you would remind us throughout the week to celebrate progress, to celebrate the good things, God, that you would throw more and more water, more and more fire on those things, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you so much for it, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen.